theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. So we learned at length yesterday and the previous year the difference of Sov of Kalalman, Amamala Kalalman. Now we're up to uh, Membez, the second column. On top it says Bahar, the Maimah is Chapsaisai. Membez, column two, in the middle of the page, the line starts, where does the line start? Line starts, Umata, around 10, 15 lines from the top. Ein Shaykh by Milo, Umata, Chuli, Lechen Hagilu, Gamba, Asiyah, Mamash. So the, the key point that was explained was that the ur, the light, or the expression that's called Mamala Kalalman, is that which is restricted and condensed to suit the unique character and parameters of every single existence. And that's what defines the conscious identity of every single created being. In other words, the way I define myself vis-a-vis myself. That is all mamale. In other words, the energy that fills and saturates and vitalizes the world in a way that it creates and sustains the unique individual identity of every created being. Then there is something called saiviv. I say then there is something, it's not two separate things, it's the way of Hashem. But the way it's manifested as saiviv, and as he says, Sayyid doesn't mean it's above or around. It means it's present. But the reason it's called Sayyid is because it's not musik. It's not, it's beyond in the sense of the feeling of consciousness. It's, it's not grasped and comprehended and internalized within the finite tools and parameters of that particular created being. And as he said, that the Ur of Mamale, Lagabi, the Eid of Seviv, is less than a drop of the Atlantic, Lagabi, the whole Atlantic, because, as he said, Ein Erech, you have sometimes one number relative to a higher number, so even if the difference is very profound, but still there's a relative relationship between them, one to a million or a billion. But Lagabi, infinity, so that one and ten and a thousand, so it's all, it's all Mishulay Berech, and you don't get closer by elevating the number. Now, what all of this means is that when you talk about this air, it's not two separate things. It's not like there's a division. It's the way it's experienced by the person or by the created being. In other words, the air of Mamala Kalalman is the air of Seva of Kalalman. It's just the question is, what am I processing in my consciousness based on the tools that I have today? And that means that as the person opens themselves up more and more, as I said yesterday, Seva Becomes today's Bamala. So, what this means is that every Ur, any experience in a person, is could be defined in two ways from the Mamala perspective and the Seviv perspective. From the Mamala perspective, it is what it is, what it feels like. From the Seviv perspective, it can be traced back to the place of infinity. In other words, every single experience, even an emotion, there's the way it's being manifested right now in my identity what I'm experiencing in this particular moment, that's the Mamali aspect of it, but this Mamali is coming from Eir HaSeviv. In other words, if it's traced back to its origin, it's really part of a person's oneness with with infinity, with Eir Saif. And that's why there's nothing in the there's nothing in the experience that can't be traced back to Saif of Kalalman. So even, and that's why it's called Eir, because Eir means experience. As he said, he's not even talking about atmos here. Atmos is beyond experience, but Eid is experience. Eid is that which is revealed, that which is articulated. Experience. And experience is the way that you're experiencing it as a mamala, you're experiencing it as soiviv. Which the soiviv, that's the element of ayin, that's the element of infinity, so that everything can be traced back in its core. What is it? It's really an expression of of oneness and infinity. And that's why anything, when you trace it back to its source, if you really go back to the source, you'll see it's part of a person's desire and connection with oneness. Which now brings us to the next step. That the reason the ultimate schar is dafke neshamas begufim, not ganeidin, tchis amesim, is because the division between higher and lower is only mitzad mamale. Mitzad soiviv, even the lowest is as connected as the highest, because as we explained, Mamale, over there, there's a mile and there's a mata. It's like in a line. You have the beginning of the line, you have the end of a line. 
the beginning and the end spiritually means higher and lower. But in Saiviv, there's no beginning and no end, like he explained with the wheel. Kashia, Eifen, Betaycha, Eifen, there's no Maila, there's no Mata, there's no Rosh, there's no Saif, there's no higher, there's no lower. Even the lowest part of the circle is considered from another perspective, the highest part of the circle. It's like the planet, it's like the ball of the earth. You know, what's Maila? And what's Mata? What's the top of our, of our planet earth and what's the bottom? It's, if it's a ball, so. <laughs> From one perspective, this is Milo. One perspective, this is Mata. It never ends. And that means, spiritually, that the highest and the lowest, Hashavo, Mashva, Katan, Vagadal, are identical because the highest world is not a Kaili for it, it's Hagbala, and therefore the lowest world is not a Stidit to it, it's lowliness. It pervades them, Bishava, Mamish, and there's absolutely no difference. It's fully present here. Not anywhere else, not anywhere, not less than anywhere else, and therefore the Chisamesim could be also Neshamas Begufim and Dafka in this world. He now continues writer. The line starts on Mata, yeah, Membeis. Vehine Aliyah Zu Vigilu Zenimshech Dafka Dekiyemai Samitzvus Beilam Haza. This Aliyah, which Aliyah? He spoke before about that. The Tachlis of the Aliyah Saneshama White comes down is. To be able to touch and reach Seviv Kalalman. And this Gilui, this revelation of what? Of the Eid of Seviv. It's accessed through Kiyamit Maisa Mitzvah's Bailam Haza. Vilachain may high time a gamkin who shall also love Yiyah Gilui Basia Dafkalan Shamas Begufa. And that's why in the future, this revelation is going to be in this world of action, Asiyah, and to souls and bodies. In other words, you can ask, it can also be in Eilam Haza. Why Dafka in Eilam Haza? Eilam Hazah is not a stida. In other words, it could be in the highest worlds, it could be in the lowest worlds, because Lagabi, this earth is no higher and lower. But why Dafka here? Why Dafka in the Guf? So this is what he explains. Because what accesses it is the Kiyum HaMitzvahs in Eilam Hazah in this world. And because that's what accesses it, so it's therefore specially connected to Eilam Hazah, as he's going to explain. Shebeshvil Zayar Daneshama Beguf. For this, the soul came into the body. The uniqueness of what happens in a shama when it comes into the guf is that it fulfills the mitzvahs ma'isius, which means mitzvahs in the physical sense with the body, with your actions. As the pasuk says, "Hayoyim la soisam." Gemara says, "Olamachal akabul schara." Hayoyim is the void of la soisam. And that's why it's brought in Svarim, especially in the Svarim of Kabbalah, that Rizal, that the Neshama often comes into a Gilgal, it reincarnates a few times until it completes the fulfillment of all of the 630 mitzvahs. Sometimes the Neshama fulfills certain mitzvahs in one journey, and then it comes down for another journey, for another Gilgal to fulfill others. Why is this important? Because this is the foundation, he says, this Kiyama Mitzvah is the foundation, is the catalyst for the whole experience of the Gili of La'asid Lavai and the Tachlis of Yudidus and Hashamah down here to, to be able to go from a Malakalama to Sevav Kalama. This is achieved through the Kiyama Mitzvah here. What's the connection? Va'inyan, the explanation is Kishar Mitzvah Mitzvah. It says in Prikayavis, the reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. Schar mitzvah mitzvah. What does that mean? So some interpret it. There's different explanations in Mepharshim. One explanation is, the schar of a mitzvah is, Hashem will let you do another mitzvah. But the Alter Rebbe is saying here, Pashat literally, schar mitzvah mitzvah means, the reward of a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. In other words, greater than any reward that you can give for a mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. Right, you, for example, you'll say, what's the reward for the relationship? The reward is the relationship itself. There may be other benefits also, but the greatest benefit is the relationship itself. Schar mitzvah mitzvah. It's not, you know, sometimes you say, you do a mitzvah, and because of the mitzvah, you get ganeden, or you get schar. What the Mishnah is saying is schar mitzvah mitzvah. No, the mitzvah itself, that's the ganeden. The ability to be able to do it, that itself is the ultimate reward. And he explains, pirush. This means, The mitzvah itself, that is the reward of the mitzvah. As we will explain. Because essentially the tachlis, the purpose, and the yisoid and the foundation 
of all the mitzvahs to transform the yesh into ayin. So here, the Balatanya gives a definition that the tachlis and the yesoid of all the mitzvahs is bitl. That's what it is. It's the tachlis, the purpose, and the yesoid, the underlying foundation of all the mitzvahs. What does it mean, bitl? Lafe chayesh la'ayin. To transform the yesh into ayin. What does this mean? To take the yesh and transform it into ayin. Um, so we come back to our discussion of yesh and ayin. Yesh means somethingness. Ayin means nothingness. Or really, no thingness. The tachlis of every mitzvah is to align or to transform, to metamorphosize the yesh into ayin. Bitla yesh. What's the connection to the mitzvahs? Where do you see this in the mitzvahs? Is this how somebody would define the foundation and the tachlis of all the mitzvahs? Bitla yesh, lafach yesh, lain. What's the nekudah here? What does it mean to be to be And what's the connection to mitzvahs? So he says, "V'zeh Hashem Razal." This is intimated in what Chazal say in Maseches Kedushin. Hukshe kol The whole Torah is compared to tefillin. The Gemara is there is talking about in Kedushin the chiyuvim of a man in mitzvahs, and the chiyuvim of a woman in mitzvahs, and what you learn out from certain mitzvahs about other mitzvahs. So the Gemara says the whole Torah was compared to tefillin. Al-Tarebbe says, he uses this language, that if you look at tefillin, you'll understand the whole Torah. Why? What's tefillin? You take parchment, physical parchment, and you write on it echad. You say krishman, and tefillin, you write the krishma. So Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad is written by the cipher on physical parchment. Sheshar Shemiklipas Naiga. Where does the parchment come from? Physically, the parchment is taken from the skin, from the hide of an animal. Kosher animal, minamuta beficha, a behema. And you take, you develop its skin, could be developed into parchment. And the parchment becomes that which the cipher uses to use ink with a quill, a feather, and to write the words. The parchment comes from what's called klipas naiga. Klipas naiga is essentially a term in Yecheskel. Yecheskel speaks about the word klipa means a shell. Noiga means shining. Or a better translation is translucent. In other words, it's a husk that you could see the light through it. It doesn't completely block out the light. Sometimes you have a shalach, it's like a walnut. You know, a walnut. A, a, a walnut, the, the shell completely eclipses the nut. You have to crack it and break it. It's an avoid. You have to get a nutcracker to crack it. But then you have, let's say, a grape. A grape also has a shalach. A grape also has... Uh, a, a husk, but it's uh, it's it's very it's very thin and it's translucent. You could see the grape, you could see the shape of the grape. You eat it with the grape. There's different levels of clipper. You have the clip of a banana. You have the clip of an orange. You don't eat the clip of a banana unless you're a monkey. But uh, the clip of a grape, the shell of a grape, the shalachs of a grape, you eat, and so on and so forth. Different types of nuts, right? You have the shalachs of a peanut. So you have the outer one. Right, that's much thicker and you don't see. Then you have the inner one, like a little membrane, a thin. This is all a metaphor for different types of clippers. Clippers means a shell, a husk. But clippers noiga is a shell that doesn't completely block the divine energy. It's noiga. Noiga means there's still a light that comes through it, which is basically everything neutral in the world. A behemoth, for example. That's what he says. Sharsham clippers noiga. This parchment, it's not... You have sometimes something is treif, something is immoral, something is not let to be used. Over there, the clipper is thicker. So therefore, you can't have access to it. Because if you get access to it, you're going to get swallowed up by the shell. But clipper snoiga means that the clipper is translucent. It, it's more edel, and it's more refined, and therefore the light can be accessed, the inner light. So he says, you take the parchment, which comes from clipper snoiga. Shehu yesh, v'nifret. On its own, it represents a yesh, something, and nifret, separateness. V'nichlil b'bchines ayin. And now this klav, this parchment, is subsumed it becomes part of the klal of ayin. Shenase keli lelekus. It becomes a vessel, a channel for godliness. Hashayda alaf, which dwells on this klav. It's holy, it's called tefillin, it's holy. Pchines echad. In other words, it becomes part of echad. It becomes part of oneness. Vekachu inyan kol mitzvah And this is the ultimate theme of all the mitzvahs. Huksha kol tefillin. Tefillin is a paradigm for it. And the whole Torah is compared to them. But this is really all the mitzvahs. Umaba gam 
especially by Karbonus. By Karbonus, by the offerings of Beis you saw the bittel of the yesh to the ayin in a very concrete way. In the tefillin, you can't see with your eyes any change in the tefillin. The tefillin is holy, but the transformation is not something that one could see with their physical eyes. It's a parchment. It remains parchment before. It remains parchment after. By Karbonus, he says, What was the main function of the carbon? The animal, or the, whether it's the ox, or the bull, or the sheep, or the goat, or the bird, you had sometimes a carbon of a behemoth, a carbon of oif, was actually subsumed, there was nichlal, in the esh, the Gemara says in Yumadav Chafal of them, the first Beis HaMiktosh, there was a fire that came down onto the Mizbeach, Ravutz Ka'ari, it was crouched like a lion, and that fire from above literally consumed and was, uh, was, uh, was eleva- it elevated the meat, the flesh, the fat, whatever, of the behemoth, or of the oif, depends what type you have, the different types of carbonas, a carbon oil, a carbon shlom, a carbon chatos. But the nekuda is that the carbon, the animal, became nichlal, became subsumed in the heavenly fire. So it, it, with your physical eyes, you could see how the yesh of the animal became part of the ayin of elikus. This is also the theme of tzedakah, charity. What's tzedakah? A person generates money. And generating money doesn't always come easy. He may have toiled to make this money with all of his Ramach In other words, he really labored hard with all of his organs and limbs in order to generate this money. What's the natural thing? The money should stay by him. Comes to a poor man. The poor man is the opposite extreme. Less He doesn't have anything. So it's not like he owes him anything. He owes him a favor. He's looking for an investor. He's trying to flatter him. And he gives it to him. So he says, this is another embodiment of Bitla Yashlayan. Where the Yesh becomes one with the Ayin. What's the Balatanya saying in all these examples? He gave an example of Tfilin. He gave an example of Karbonus, and he gave an example of Tzedakah. Bringing out that the Tachlis of all the mitzvahs is Bittul Lahafei Chayesh La'ayin, Bittul Layesh. The point is, remembering what's Yesh and what's Ayin. What does Yesh mean, what does Ayin mean? And why do you want to be Mahapach Yesh to the Ayin? What's Azeshlech Vegin the Yesh? Why do you want to be at Mahapach? So we explained in the previous classes, at length, the difference of yesh miyesh and yesh miyayin, but the point is, yesh means something. Ayin means no thingness. Ayin is really another word for elikos, godliness. Why is it called ayin? Not ayin that it doesn't exist. It exists more than the yesh. Ayin is much more yesh than yesh. Ayin is the yesh amiti, really. But the reason it's called ayin is because it's not defined as yesh. Yesh means something, it's defined as something. It has its hagdaris, its parameters, its definitions. Ayin means it can't be defined as a thing. It's not tangible, it's not concrete, not physically concrete, like a table or a chair or a cup, but also not spiritually it can't be defined, right? An idea can be defined, an emotion can be defined, sometimes a little easier, a little harder, but it can be defined. In other words, it has its parameters, it has its measurements. Midois are called midois, which means measurements. You have physical measurements, and you have other forms of measurements, but they're all measurements. That's called yesh. Ayin means it's the ultimate existence because it transcends any particular thing. And all the yesh comes from ayin. The whole world is me'ayin liyesh. So ayin represents the inner core of the bria, the inner yisoy, the foundation of the whole bria, the presence of Hashem in the bria, the source of it all. Yesh is the way it's manifested from ayin, and it comes out as a particular existence. Sometimes I could see it with my eyes, sometimes I can't see it with my eyes. Sometimes I could see it with a telus, with a, with a microscope. Sometimes I could see it with my mind's eye. But that's all the element of yesh. And ayin is the core of it, the source of it, which can't be defined as a thing. And that's why it's called nothingness, because it's no thingness. It doesn't have a definition of yeshus. So when you say that the tachlis of all the mitzvahs is to be mahapech, the yesh ta'ayin, it really means that the tachlis, the purpose of the mitzvahs is 
to be able to take your own world and the world around you and to align it with its source, with the oneness of Hashem that pervades existence. In other words, to connect and bring the yesh back and close to the ayin. And that's what it means, bitl hayesh. When we use the word bitl, the nullification of the yesh. So just like in kashrus, when you say, for example, if, uh, if milk f- falls into a, a pot of chalant, a big pot of chalant. So there's a halach of bitl b'shishim, right? If there's a ratio of 60 to 1, if the volume of the meat of the chalant is 60 to the volume of the milk, what's the halacha? It's bottle, it's nullified. Obviously, if you could see the milk, you have to take it out, but we're talking about it gets mixed in. Why? Why is it bottle b'shishim? Chazal estimated, and they have different lemudim in Meseches Chulun, that the taste of the milk is completely bottle, it's completely nullified and dissolved in the meat. So what's pshat? It's bottle. You could take out the milk. You can't take out the milk. It's mixed in. So what happens to the milk? What happens to the milk? Huh? It becomes meat. There's a lashon of the rush. Ha'isur nefach li is It's a lashon of the rush. Masech dechulin. Ha'isur nefach li is so what's pshat bittel? When you say the milk is bottle, b'shishim, it means it becomes part of the meat. It actually contributes to the chalant. Chalant is now a little more because you have a drop of milk. It's not going to add too much, but uh, whatever it is, if it adds too much, it's not going to be bottle b'shishim. It becomes part of it. So when you say bittel hayesh la'ayin, what does it mean? It means the yesh becomes part of the ayin. That's what it means. The yesh becomes part of the ayin. The yesh becomes an expression of the ayin, a manifestation of the ayin. So it's not just bitl means it gets nullified, it gets obliterated. Something much deeper. It's true mucker gets nezgal, it's true mucker gets revealed. And that's what all bitl means. You say bitl to Hashem, or bitl bechla, what does it mean? Bitl means when you say someone is bottle to Hashem, what does it mean? It means you become part of Hashem. So you don't become more weak, you become much more powerful. Well, no thingness could be defined as zero, or ultimate reality. Ah? Huh? Yeah, you could see it with your eyes. Ayin is zero, from the perspective of Yesh. From the perspective of Ayin, Yesh is zero. So this you see in tefillin. What's tefillin? What tefillin is you take the parchment and you, you write on it echad and it becomes tefillin. And then the hand that puts on tefillin, the arm or the head, and the ink and the parchment and everything involved in it, he said it all becomes part of echad. It becomes a keli telekos. The same is true with karbonas. The same is true with tzedakah. What's the concept of tzedakah? I have money. I worked for it. If I worked for it, I should keep it all for myself. Why should I give it to somebody else? When somebody does share their money with somebody else, what does it represent? It represents that there's a recognition of oneness. Where does oneness come from? What's my connection to you? What's your connection to me? Why should I give somebody else tzedakah? He says, Les He doesn't have anything on his own, so let him go work. Elamai, the differences between you and I is a difference with Yesh, not mitzad ayin. So whenever the yesh gets closer to the ayin, you have a deeper sensitivity to another person. You feel a closeness to another person because of bitl yesh layin. So that's another example of how every mitzvah is essentially all about transcending the identity, the superficial identity of the yesh and opening up to the identity of ayin. That's also the pshari says in Tanya in Pedic Lev, that when the non-Jew came to Hillel and asked him to teach him the whole Torah while he's standing on one foot. So Hillel told him, the Gemara says in Shabbos, that there was a guy, he came to Hillel and he said, teach me the whole Torah, standing on one leg. First he came to Shammai, so Shammai rejected him. And Hillel told him, What you dislike to be done to you, don't do to anybody else. That's the whole Torah. Everything else is commentary. Now go study the commentary. So Rashi and other Mepharshim ask a question. How could you say that Zeo Kola Kula? This is the whole Torah, what you dislike to be done to you, don't do to anybody else. There's many mitzvahs 
that could be included in this category. What you dislike to be done to you, don't do to somebody else. For example, Midvar Shekatirchak, stay away from lies, or Loy Sirtzach, or Loy Signev, or Loy Sigza, or Loy Signevu, Loy Sichachashu, Loy Sashakarish Bamisa. There's a lot of mitzvahs that if you would be careful, what they call today the golden rule, what you don't want to be done to you, don't do it to anybody else. I understand I won't do this. I don't want somebody to cheat me, I won't cheat you. But. Uh, <laughs> Very good. You see, that's why Hillel. He makes the golden rule. Very good. He who has the gold makes the rule. So that's why Hillel didn't use that expression. But the question is, most mitzvahs are not that. What does tefillin have to do? If I don't like to be hurt, so therefore I shouldn't hurt you, so why should I put on tefillin? Why should I fast on Yom Kippur? What does it do with davening? What does it do with Shabbos? What does it do with eating matzah, with lulav, with shoifer, with Hanukkah, with Purim, with svidasayim? Interesting mitzvahs with shatnas, with kashrus. What does kashrus have to do with not hurting anybody? If I eat certain foods that are not kosher, I'm hurting. I'm not hurting anybody. If I light a cigarette on Shabbos, I'm hurting somebody. What's the madalach? Hillel could have said it's a big part of Torah. The Bakiva said zeklal gadol He says no, zekola Torah kol. It's the ganz Torah. Ve'idach. The rest of Torah is a pirush, is a commentary. Now zilgmoy. Now go study the commentary. You could study the commentary for two hundred years. But it's all a commentary. So I don't understand. I'm learning a Toysus in Zvachim, or in Menachas, or Chulun about Karbonus. It's a commentary, and obviously, so oh, where is it a commentary? I'm learning Maseches Shabbos, and Maseches Edev, and Maseches Psokim, deep sugis. It's a commentary to Avis Yisrael. Hillel basically says, if there's one thing you're learning, and you don't see it as a commentary to this statement, what you dislike to be done to you, don't do it to anybody else, you're not learning Torah. But how, how can you say that? Where is it a commentary? I get the kasha, right? Huh? So the Balatanya writes in Tanya, in Pedic Lamed Beis, he says this vart, that kol ha kula is lafach hayesh la'ayin. The whole taita is aligning the yesh with ayin, and that's what love means. That's what ava means. That's what love means. It's impossible to create space for another person without the yesh aligning itself with the ayin. In other words, when a person is stuck in their own orbit of yesh, it's impossible to experience real caring, real empathy, and really care about somebody else. Because by the nature, I am not you. You are you, I am I, I have my ego to protect, you have ego to protect. I'll help you if there's a mutual benefit, if I need you as an investor in my company, fine. But that's because I love me, not because I love you. The real concept of Madalach Sani L'chavrech Loisavit, the Chidush Yerim Agav asks a question, why didn't Hillel just say, what did he have to make up a new line in Aramaic? Maybe the person didn't understand their Hebrew, and then they used to speak Aramaic. So he could have said the Targumunculus, yeah, you should love the other person, like you. Why did he have to make up a new statement? So the Chidush Adim says that he didn't think he'll understand. Remember, it was before Gir. So he said before he converted, he wouldn't understand to love somebody else like you love yourself. He says, Dos ken ayid. <laughs> At this point, he can understand That's that, yeah, that's civil, that's basic civility. So if he couldn't say that will come later. Now he can say So the Chidush Yerim says, the Marshal says, why didn't you just say well, then you have to make up a new statement. Hillel knew the Pasuk in Pashas Kedoshim. So the word here is that the whole Indian of Ava is transcendence. Real love means truly letting somebody into your life. And that's the ultimate representation of Bitlayesh. Bitlayesh means having the ability to take the Yesh and bring it back, be it Mavatl, to the Ayin, to the source, to the Elokus, which ultimately encompasses everything. So every mitzvah is really love. It just expresses it in a different way. When I put on tefillin, the function is I become a more loving person. When I put on tzitzahs, become more loving. If somebody is doing Shabbos or davening, and it's not turning them into a more loving person, then they're missing the tachlis and the yisoyed of the mitzvah. They may be doing it technically. If I'm eating matzah, or shaking a lulav, or lighting a Hanukkah candle, or doing svidasayimah, but it's not creating more love, more bittel of the yesh la'ayin. It's missing the tachlis and the yesoid of all the mitzvahs. 
And that's what Hillel was teaching him. And everything else is a commentary. I, it seems, completely disconnected, but ultimately it's an exercise in how to be able to elevate your own yesh to the ayin of yourself and the ayin of the world and the ayin of the people around you. To be able, in simple words, to see the soul beneath the surface, to see the energy beneath the outer crust, to see the hand in the glove, to see the ayin in the yesh. Because all yesh is ayin, it's just a manifestation of the ayin which eclipses it. And this is one of the most important messages, that if there's any part of Yiddishkeit that doesn't turn you into a more refined and loving person, you're missing the point. person may be doing all the details right, but the core, the Nekudu that Hillel says, is missing. The Baal Shem Tov said, it says in Pekiyov, is kol teirish enim ha-melacha soifa betela. Literally means Torah without work is going to cease. The Baal Shem Tov melacha is the melacha of Avas Yisrael. Kol teirish enim ha-melacha. Yedish tikkul Torah was bregnish to Avas Yisrael is soifa betela. Well, in this school we're teaching it. In this school we're teaching it. <laughs> You're saying the kids don't feel love at all. They feel tyranny and fear and the exercise of power. He says you have to know it in order to teach it. Yeah, you're not asking an intellectual question. You're asking a painful question, an emotional question. How we ended up here. Tiyufta. Kasha de Tiyufta. Point well taken. Point well taken. What do they say? Noted? What do you guys say? Noted. And now he goes one step weiter. You would think there's one exception to this, perhaps. Mitzvah Talmud Why? Interesting. What's learning? When I'm learning, I have to understand it. My brain, learning means, I have to understand. Learning doesn't just mean you sit in a class and you don't understand anything. That's not learning. If you don't understand, you weren't even Yitzhah the Mitzvah Talmud Torah. In the Lashon of Chassidus, learning is Amshachas HaLakus Lamata, which means there's two elements in Avaydah Hashem. There's ascending, that's called Halah, and there's bringing down, it's called Hamshacha. Lamashal Tefillah, Karbonas, Tefillin. This is all a person trying to get closer to Emes. But Torah is the opposite. Torah is Hashem teaching the person. It's like Hashem giving a shear. He's bringing the Torah to you. So L'chayda, you might think that Torah is not about Bittel Hayesh. Torah is wherever you are, you're being taught a lesson. You're being taught an idea. And on the contrary, it's being communicated to you. It's not you going up. It's Hashem coming down. Lamata. So he says, Emes. But it's also all about Bittel Hayesh. This is intimated in how Krishna is written. It says, You should love Hashem with all your heart and all your soul. And what did it say right after that? These words that I told you should be on your heart. Teach them to your children and speak about them. Speak in them. What's the connection of these two sentences? Most people would say it's just a different Indian. I'm telling you of two things. Number one, you should love with all your heart. Number two, these words that I'm telling you should be on your heart. And perhaps if you love me, so these words will be on your heart, then you'll speak about them. Vidibar Tabam. Vidibar Tabam, the Gemara says, is talking about the mitzvah of Torah. Vidibar Tabam, you should speak Torah, you should learn Torah. So says the Abalatanya, let's go one step deeper. The Mishnah says in Brachas, what does it mean to love Hashem with your whole soul? So the Mishnah says, even if he takes your soul. He says, if that's the Vart, it should have said with your whole body. Because when a person passes, if a person gives away their soul to Hashem, their soul doesn't disappear. Their soul doesn't die. The body is sacrificed. Fakert. The soul, uh, the Gemara says about Harugei Lud, Enkel Berya, Yechel The soul is elevated to a much higher place. It's not like you eliminate the soul. 
the body is sacrificed, not the neshama. The neshama is a nitzchi, the neshama is alive even after death. And if I care to hear, the soul will be elevated to even a higher level. So it should have said, With your goof. Even if he takes away your goof. With all your soul, you give away your soul, and your soul is gone. It's not gone. You don't sacrifice your soul, you sacrifice your body. Fakert. The reason why people sacrifice their body is because they believed that their soul is not being taken, their soul is not being sacrificed. Interesting question. The Balatanya here says there's a different prat. It's not only talking about taking away the body. That's one level of Mercedes Nefesh. There's another level of Mercedes Nefesh. Much deeper. And I'm not going to say deeper because the Mercedes Nefesh physically obviously is the greatest thing. But in a way, what do they say? You know, there's dying for truth and there's living for truth. Dying for truth is a moment. Living for truth is a different inyan. So he says as follows. The Bechal Nafshecha applies also to the words afterwards. He explains. means with all your soul, with your inner identity, to be able to allow your yeish to become part of ayin. Nafshecha means... Your soul, your identity, your consciousness, your life force, your life spirit. Naturally, it could be seen as a yesh. is to be able to take nafshecha and align that nefesh and see it as a conduit for oneness. So should be The way you speak Taina, he says, it could be in two ways. One is a person learns, reads, Mikra Mishnah, and his soul is a Masach Mavdil. It's a veil, a curtain that separates. Rather, it should be Bechal Nafshecha, that the Nefesh becomes one with the Source, so it's not, I'm learning Torah as a separate being. He quotes here, from the Pasuk, it's like my words coming through your mouth. Or, uh, it's interesting that he quotes it, it comes from a sefer called Magid Mesharim. The Beis Yosef, the author of the Shulchan Aruch, had a malach who would visit him and teach him things. And he wrote a whole sefer of what he learned. He called the malach the Magid. The Magid. It's called Magid Meisharim. It's a sefer the Beis Yosef wrote. The author of the Shulchan Aruch. It's called Magid Meisharim. So over there, at one point, the Magid tells him, Ani ha-mishnah I am the Mishnah that's speaking through your mouth. And then he brings a Gemara in Erevin about Beishamah. Beishamah is speaking. Hashem is not speaking. Beishilul is speaking. It's not Hashem. But the Gemara says, It's the words of Hashem. What's Pshat? That's the Bechal Nafshecha. There's two ways in which a person learns Torah. One way in which a person learns Torah is there's a sense of separateness. There's a sense of ego. That ego could be on many different levels. A very grubba, very brute level is that it's about my arrogance and my success and my satisfaction and my showing off. I could flex my intellectual muscles and win the argument and receive a lot of acclaim for it and recognition for it, etc., etc. But even in a much more refined way, this basically he says, my nefesh becomes a masach mavdil. It becomes a separate curtain, a veil that separates. The tachlis of Torah is, the v'dibar tabam should be b'chol nafshecha. We're not talking only to take the taking away the body. That's Bakal Gufcha. That's the Ninyan of Mercedes Nefesh Bapoil physically Khalila. Here we're talking about a different type of Mercedes Nefesh. My body I'm not giving up. The body is here. The Mercedes Nefesh, the sense of separateness. The insecurity, the fear that comes from the ego that's separate, that's what I'm giving up. That's a very profound avoid. That's Bitl Hayesh. And then vidibarta bomb. That's the hamshech. That's how you should speak Torah. So it's not you speaking Torah, it's divrei lekim chayim. In other words, the function of Torah, real, real learning is, says the ultimate bit layash, that my mind and my mouth become a conduit for Hashem's wisdom through me. 
It's Hashem speaking. There's no separate, there's no separateness. That's the ultimate limit of Torah. And that's the ultimate function of Torah. The ultimate function of Torah is to open up the person, that the person becomes a channel for God's wisdom. In other words, that the ayin flows through the yesh, through my mind, through my heart, through my mouth. Yeah? That's what he says. Nefesh is... The biggest yesh. <laughs> the eye, yeah? No, the living goof. The living goof is the sense of consciousness. That's the ultimate yesh. <laughs> Much more yesh than a tree. <laughs> the way a person experiences their soul. That's what we're talking about. Nafshecha. Your nefesh. Nefesh abasa badami. The person's sense of self could be completely divorced from the true self, which is divinity. What he's explaining is, there's two ways of learning Torah. I'll do it in the extremes, even though there's a lot more subtle ways. But in extremes, a person learns Torah, and it's filled with arrogance. It's filled with arrogance. What does it mean it's filled with arrogance? Instead of the Torah being an exercise in bittel, it's, there's a very deep ego in it. Ah? That may be one part of it. That may be one part of it. Generally, even if it's not, I want to be a godl. That, that, that too. <laughs> that too. And you know what the Gemara says? You should learn Torah Shaloy Lashma, Metach Shaloy Lashma, Balashma, right? A person learns Torah because he wants covet. Fine. It's Metach Shaloy Lashma. You don't, you don't, a person should still learn. Person wants to get schar. Okay. Sometimes a person learns pashat, they enjoy the satisfaction of it. Even more. A person who learns Torah, pashat, the geshmak. Geshmak. A person has a geshmak in it. Not everybody has, but some people have a moira, the geshmak in it. So there's so many, diff- so many different levels of a way of learning. But the general idea is that sometimes a person learns. And what's felt extremely very much is their own ego, their own separateness. The ego which is easing God out, their separateness from Hashem. So therefore sometimes it becomes about an intellectual, intellectual gymnastics, or winning the argument, or becoming defensive. The ikir of Torah is the emes, I'm looking for the truth. And not just looking for the truth, but that the very eye should become a conduit for the truth. He says the ultimate limud atayda is the ultimate bittul ayesh la'ayin that the bechol nafshecha v'havz Hashem lekach bechol nafshecha that the nefesh is not separate anymore. All I want is to be a conduit, a channel that the dvar Hashem should be revealed through the person. The person should open themselves up to what Hashem has to say about life. That's hard because. It's even hard to a person to go to that space because very often when we listen to something, we listen to it with preconceived notions and I want it to fit into my paradigms. So to really open yourself up to something transcendent and say, I just want to really hear the truth is very difficult. Right? Especially if you have been scarred. So we try to defend ourselves very much. It's really hard to listen to something new. I don't want to hear anything new. I just want to be in a safe zone. But the real limudah tayreh is the vidibar bum should be with Bechal Nafshecha. In other words, that the Nefesh was was traced back, it was realigned with the Source, so that it's the Source expressing itself. Elu ve'elu divrei elekim chaim. That was how Beishamei and Beishela learned. There was no yeshus in the learning. There was only ayin in the learning. It's a different type of learning. You hear, you 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 sense the edelkeit. It's, it's full of refinement, the learning. Sometimes the learning could be very brute, very dense. There's a lot of ego there. There's a lot of Fear, there's a lot of insecurity, there's a lot of haughtiness, there's a lot of yeshus. So, is Nish Klar? Huh? You're asking a similar question to what Rabbi Avram asked, just in a different way. That's again part of missing the point. And trust me, even the Bacha with the best cognitive skills, yeah, is still not learning Torah like the Rambam learned it. Or like Rashi learned it, or like Abaya and Rava learned it. Yeah? They say that the Al-Tarebbe was once, they say the Al-Tarebbe was once in a shul. 
and he heard he had a very good chushashmiya, and he was on the other side of the shul, but he heard two chevra who was in Shklov in Lithuania, two people speaking, and he heard that saying that the Balshemtiv, that the Balatanya was was. was was from one of the greatest Ga'inim, not only his generation, but many generations. Somebody said, Ayers are gone, but where he comes from, the Balsham Tevetnisha can't learn. Balsham did not learn. So Al-Tarebbe heard it over, so he went over. And he said, I'm going to tell you over what I heard from the Magad, the Shir from the Balsham Tev. Balsham used to give a daily Shir, Gemara Rashi Taisvis with Rishonim. People don't know, Meshabosh, after Shachas, the Balsham Tev gave a daily Shir, Gemara Be'iyun to his Talmidim. So he said, I'm going to tell you over what I heard from the Magid who was there, a Shia from the Balsham And he said it over. And uh, and one of them, uh, so after a while, one of them stopped him and said, This is the Chamamish Havayiz Havayiz Abaya Vidova. This is the Chamamish. So he says, No, no, this is the Derek from Abaya. The Derek from Rava. This is the Derek from Rava is a whole other Derek. My point is, Obviously, there's different levels. And a person who has cognitive skills that are more advanced could learn in a different way, in a different level. But that's that, 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 and that's a very special thing. It's a very special thing. But what he's saying here is the mitzvah of Torah is connected to every Jew on different levels. Based on, and if a person has a certain, a certain, certain kishrayna, certain intellectual abilities, that's not a mistake. So then the Torah that he learns, is commensurate with what his abilities are. Now, every person can advance, and you can toil, and you guide to Matzasa, and people could sometimes do far better than they think. But it's never a game of comparing myself to somebody else. Right? Huh? You're saying, in that, you're saying practically it's all about that. So that's what I'm saying. You're asking what he says. Right. Beautiful. You hear what he's saying? You can be impressed. When you learn, you can be impressed with yourself. You could be impressed with the idea, you could be impressed with the teacher, right? Or you could be impressed with Hashem. <laughs> and that relates to everybody. You're saying practically the yeshivas are very competitive. Right. Right, because they feel like losers. It's called prolonged developmental trauma when you sit in a classroom for 10 years and you feel like a failure. That's a very normal reaction. If I sat 10 years in a room and felt like a loser every single day, what would I come out, loving that system or hating the system? You don't have to be a rocket scientist to understand this. Starting sometimes when you're 4 years old or when you're 8 years old. So for the next 10 years, I come in every day and it's not anybody's fault, Nobody, even the nicest people around me. I'm not talking about Chazmah Shalom if there's, you know, something else sinister going on. Even in, uh, the teacher is nice, the principal, they're trying to help me. They even give me ice cream on Tuesdays and they send me out for pizza and they let me leave two o'clock. But ultimately I'm not stupid and I realize every single day that I am somehow defected in my own perception. So we have to realize because that's a crime against the child. That's a crime against a child. If a child is made to feel that way, it's a crime against a child. And a lot of children are felt the way, and it's not anybody meant bad. It's not like anybody was trying to abuse or torture the child. It's just based on how he sees himself vis-a-vis other children. This perception can be experienced. But if somebody understands what Torah really is, Torah is about your oneness with Hashem, and everybody is one, and each person expresses it according to their unique mind and heart, it's a whole different type of learning. Right? It's not about your intellectual gymnastics and your intellectual brilliance and your uh, intellectually athletic skills and you could prove me wrong and you could prove the teacher wrong. <laughs> it's a whole different idea, huh? Right, but that depends on a person's life. I mean, the Gemara says in Menachas, right? Some people are Mekayim Vagisei Boyayman Valayla, Perek Echa Shachas, Perek Echa Darvis. Mishim Benyechai says, person has to support his family. Yosef is mechoyev in learning, and that those moments when he's learning, it's mitzvah's Talmud Torah, and you're saying, with dibarta ba mechal nafshecha. It's also, ena chanami, ena chanami, ena chanami, that's also in Indian, yeah. Excuse me, could you clarify? Ah, so you have davening, the whole idea of davening is elevating yourself and connecting to Hashem. But Torah, you would think, 
is an intellectual experience. I'm sitting in my space and God, so to speak, is coming down to me. I'm not going up. So you would think, why is that bitel hayash? Right? Tefillah or tzedakah or karbanis or tefillin is about ascending, right? Refining yourself, reaching out to Hashem, reaching into Hashem. But the whole idea of Torah is God communicating to the person. Right? Like it's as an expression that by davening, a person is like, a person speaking to Hashem is like a child sitting by a father, talking to a father. And by Torah, it's like a student by a teacher. Or davening is you speaking to Hashem, and learning is Hashem speaking to you. It's a beautiful expression. I think it comes from the Alter Rebbe. Davening, you speak to Hashem, and learning, Hashem speaks to you. So if Hashem speaks to you, you have to listen. Just listen. But it's not L'chayr inyan of Bittu Layesh. On the contrary, He's speaking to you on your terms. So Alter Rebbe says, MS. But still, the whole Nekuda of Torah is to completely open yourself up to the oneness of the universe, which is expressed through Torah, which is God's blueprint. In other words, hearing what Hashem has to say. That's the whole Nekuda of Torah is Bittal. So we spoke about Tefillin, he spoke about Karbonus, he spoke about Stoker. He said, and that's the whole Nekuda of Torah. Not to give away your body, to give away the soul. What do we mean to give away the soul? To give away the sense of separateness that exists. The whole union of Torah is to be able... The Vidibartabam should come after the Bechal Nafshacha. Similar, yeah. Yeah. So Tfilah is that going up, yeah. So let's speak Hashem coming down. Vayered Hashem al Harsinai. Vayered Hashem al Yeah. So the Gemara says that Tfilah of Abba bin Yamin, Shetahet Filosi, yeah. That he davened right after he got up. And then the, 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 the Gemara says in Brachas, right? that after davening you should learn something. Right? That's the Seder in Shulchan Aruch. Why? Because the Tefillah, the Torah after Tefillah, after Hashem Alekecha Bechal Navshacha, is Tefillah is like Karbanis, is Vidibar Tabam, is this type of Torah. Yeah, yeah. There's a beautiful word from the Chidush Shaharim, the first Gerer Rebbe. Uh, so a very, very beautiful word. It says at the beginning, Shavuos is coming. So it says, yeah. So the question is, what's the lamer? Lamer usually means to repeat to somebody. Lamer, right? So he should say it. It's not just for him privately. But here, everybody was there. It's Lamer, who's the lame? And also, what's Vaidabal Kim is called Varamela? Could have said Vaidabra Kim and just say what he said. Don't say Vaidabra Shem El Mosha Kalad Varimaela. We're gonna see what he said. Vaidabra Shem Vaidabra Kim, right? Hashem spoke. Say what he said. We'll figure out that he said all these words. He didn't say other words. So the Khidushadim says, Pshat like this. Vaidabra Kim is called Varimaela. Hashem said, all these words, which is Daser Sadibris, and all of Torah, which is included in Daser Sadibris, all the words of Torah, lamer, it's all that a person should be able to experience and say, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. The kol Hashem spoke, is lamer, is that the person should be able to feel and experience, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. That's what it is. Kol It's all to be able to experience, Anoichi Hashem Alekecha. In other words, to experience the ayin. And that's what real Torah is. Whatever you're learning, the ultimate inyan of Limbada Torah is that my mind opens itself up to become a sinner for, for, for Hashem's wisdom. I just want to finish a few lines here. So then I just want to finish a few lines here because it's one inyan. These three things. Which three things? He spoke about Karbanis, he spoke about Tzedakah, and he spoke about Torah. The world stands on three things, Torah, Avaidah, which is Karbanis, the service in the Beis HaMikdash, and Gmilas Chsadah. Why does the world stand on these three things? Because the foundation of the world is to bring the world, the Yesh, to Ayin, and that's expressed in Torah, I just gave a few examples, he says. Any mitzvah you take, any detail of any mitzvah, that means the details how you sprinkle the blood of a carbon. Or the details of Malachas Shabbos, what's boiter 
and what's schita, and what's moitzim reshus l'reshus, called prate, even, not just the mitzvah in general. You say the theme of Shabbos is bittel. No, the prate are mitzvahs. The nuances of the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs have a lot of nuances, yeah? What makes a sefer teyre possible, what makes a sefer teyre kosher, what makes tefillin kosher, what makes an ediv, what makes a lechi, what makes a kaira, what makes a sukkah. Everything has so many details. Mainaf kemina. So he says, kol prate ya mitzvah tachlisam v'yisoidam u'bitla yashlayin. There's no detail of a mitzvah that's not based on bitl. There's, in other words, any sif in Shulchan Aruch, any simen, any svara in a mitzvah, if you don't see in it bitl ayesh la'ayin, then you, something you didn't get there. So if you hear a shear from somebody in any inyan, right, at the end you want to be able to ask, now tell me how this brings out bitl ayesh la'ayin. If it brings it out, Good. If not, something is missing. The Makkah is missing. It's like, Megait Arum and Arum and Arum. You're going around and around and around and you're missing the, the key. You know when you shoot, uh, shoot arrows? Huh? Arum and Arum around the peripheral, but you didn't hit the target. Ah, you're learning Mesechta Zvachim, you're learning Mesechta Pchoides, you're learning Mesechta Tadis. Emes. But every Prat, Sof Kol Sof, is Bittu Is this Nekud of Oneness? That the yesh is really all part of ayin. That you're infinite. The hester of Isaac, what's the Yiddishkeit is? A person puts on tefillin, puts on a talis, eats, it's bitlayesh lion, that you're infinite. That's what bitlayesh lion means in simple English. That you are infinite. You think you're a little, little, you're a little shmata, right? In other words, once you're a yesh, so you have a big yesh, you have a small yesh. Some yeshes feel like shmatas. And some yeshes feel like on top of the world. But it's all in the orbit of yesh. Bitla yesh la'ayin means that the yesh is actually infinite. It's a manifestation of infinity. How do you say such a statement? So he says it says clearly in the Pasuk. <laughs> What's the Pasuk? Hashem. <laughs> Hashem commanded us to do all these laws Liyidus Hashem to fear God. That means all the chukim is to bring to Yidah. What's Pshat Yidah? So Yidah literally means fear. But the Balatanya explaining what does Yidah really mean? Yidah means the Nakuda of Bittl. This fear as fear, like I'm, I'll scare the living daylights out of you. I'll scare you because I'm big and I'm strong and I'm, I'm bigger than you, right? So be scared of me. So all the mitzvahs he told us, Le'iris Hashem, to feel, just tell me that you're big and strong and you could kill me, I'll be afraid. Right? I'm also afraid of a lion. He doesn't have to give me any mitzvahs. <laughs> I'm afraid of a lion. So obviously Yidah here means something much deeper. Yidah means awe, reverence. And that's the ultimate bittel. Bittel means when a person is in a place, place of reverence, the eye melts away. The separateness melts person is like mesmerized, you're subsumed in something larger, so this is the ultimate element of, ultimate component of every mitzvah is to be able to experience this bitl hayash Okay, we'll continue by Hashem tomorrow morning. Sachatzlach, have a beautiful day. Ah. He says, kol pratea mitzvahs. First he says mitzvahs. I wouldn't say you have to find. That's the primius of it. If you, if you, when the Balatanya was in Mizrich by the Magid, so he lived in a dira with one one room, a little and a very small room. So Bdikas Chametz, how long does Bdikas Chametz take in a little room? It's a par minute. So Talmidim came and they saw that he's uh, a whole night was Bdikas Chametz. He did Bdikas Chametz a whole night. Literally a whole, from, from nightfall a whole night Bdikas Chametz till the morning. So they asked the Balatanya, <laughs> it's not like, you know, there were closets and closets and a safe and another safe and another. <laughs> what did it take so long for? He says, what's haste? The Mishnah says, Oil our boss, so the night of our boss. Huh? So the Gemara has a whole muchinish why it says oil, it should have said leil, yeah, gansamaisa. What's oil is our night, is our morning, a whole sugi over there, the first two dafa. 
So he says, what's Pshat? He says, Erlar Ba'asa. Our Ba'asa, you have the seven middas of the Nefesh Alekis. You have the seven middas of the Nefesh Bahamas. That's 14. The chametz and all the seven middas of the nefesh alikis and all the seven middas of the remes la'ir hanei with the light of neir hashem nishmas adam agans nacht is echnish genug yeah I said over the word ah makom shem achnisim bechametz in sadach b'dika that's the word from the vision it said dachtzach the domestic the avos is all yeah makom shem achnisim bechametz that uh, I didn't bring in chametz to you, so I don't have to be boidik you. <laughs> I brought a chametz to me, I have to be boidik me. To say that it is, everyone is boidik somebody else. I, I never brought a chametz into your head. I brought a chametz into my head, so let me be boidik my head, you be boidik your head. <laughs> but uh, obviously, uh, he wasn't boidik other people, he was boidik his own dinner. I'm just, I'm bringing out a point, you understand? Why did he give all these mitzvahs? To torture people? Sorry, <laughs> I want to be free. Einlecha ben Chayden, yeah. But they, if you just like a free yid, what is the free yid? He's free. Or the Mishnah of Einlecha ben Chayden, I'll make sure he's a betal So it, it's it's a question of perspective. If you understand fakert, what a person is, who you are, and the mitzvah is an opportunity to connect to who you are. It's a whole different experience. You understand what I'm saying? You go to a nutritionist. Nutritionist says every food that you're eating now is literally stuffing up your heart, stuffing up your, your body. Let me give you a new diet so you'll push it, feel your energy. So is that a burden? You could call it a burden. I can't eat this. Or you could say it's just letting you, it's freeing you up so you could be who you are. So, so you understand? That's what he's saying. Well, if it's, if it's, but here it's the opposite of narcissism. Because the real you is divine. There's a beautiful word from the, the, the Tzamech Tzedek writes in Derech Mitzvah Sechem, Mitzvah Achtos Hashem, he says, Tachlis Kolach Siddis is Machen von dem Ani Ayin. Ani Oisius Ayin. Ani Oisius Ayin. What's Pshat? Ani is I, but no. The I is ayin. What does ayin mean? Ayin means that the I is larger than the I. The I is part of the infinite I. What's the infinite I? The infinite I is the ultimate ayin, the true ayin. So lafich hayesh lain means that at every moment of life, I have the opportunity to be able to take the ani and align it and be it pavatal, meaning make it part of the ayin, which makes the ani not less, makes it much more. That's why there's Pnimius HaToyda. That's why there's Nigla the Toyda and Pnimius HaToyda. What's Pshat? Nigla the Toyda means the concrete part of Toyda. Concrete part of Toyda is I know what to do. There's red lights, there's green lights, this you do, this you don't do. This is how you do it. And in that itself, there's layers and layers. You can get into the reasoning and the svaras and the details and the different opinions. That's all nigla the Torah. Right? It's like in a person. It says in Zohar that the nigla and nister of Torah is like the nigla and nister of a person. You have the guf and you have the neshama. What's the guf? The guf is who am I? You say, who am I? Here, look. I have skin. <laughs> I have bones. It's very important. You can't. Uh, you have to take care of it. Right? You take an x-ray, you can go deeper. Without an x-ray, you just see the outer body. With an x-ray, you see the inner body. But there's more to that, yeah? 
something we call the neshama of a person, right? My emotions, my feelings, my experiences, my identity. And they live together. I can't separate. I can't say, oh, here's my body. My body starts at my uh, chest and uh, waist down and my soul. No, it's all, it's all ein zach. And both are very critical. So Yiddishkeit also, zoy satayra adam. Yiddishkeit is like an adam. There's the nigla, there's the goof of Yiddishkeit, and there's the neshama of Yiddishkeit. So sometimes a person could focus their whole life on the goof of Yiddishkeit. And that itself can be a lifetime. It can be many lifetimes. Right? Studying the body, we don't know. You think we don't, with all the medicine and all the biology, we still don't know the body. <laughs> the secrets of the body are crazy. Every day they find out new things about the brain. Trust me, in a hundred years they're going to find out things about the brain that nobody can even imagine. Because it's, it's bleak of all. That's the truth. But that's the goof. And the goof itself is incredible. And you can go deeper and deeper and deeper in the goof. And then there's the Nisham of Taira. Nisham of Taira is the Pnimis of Taira. The Pnimis of Taira. The Altarebbe wrote Shulchan Aruch, yeah? Shulchan Aruch is as intricate as Lakut Taira, the Altarebbe Shulchan Aruch. It's very, very, it's, 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 it's one of the, it's one of the most powerful halachic works that were ever written. Ayid is Shlomo Miller in Toronto. He's a big guy. No, he was a Talmud of the Baron Cutler. Rosha Kail in Toronto. He's a very uh, serious Litvish Ayid. He's not Nishkichas. Uh, so one of his students told me they were learning halacha, Hilcha Shabbos or whatever. So he said, you know, all the Svarim are Moiradik. But he said, if you want the definition of halacha, you go to Shulchan Aruch Harav, the definition of halacha. His Shulchan Aruch is Kuntus Achim, who is Gainus. But it's all, it's all, it's all halacha. Very intricate, very detailed. It's all halacha. Suddenly, you look at the Torah, right? You see a whole different—not uh, a different world. You just see the inner, the pnimius of everything in Shulchan Aruch. This Maimer, he's he's showing it, for example. So both nekudas are emes. Taka one without the other. You could sometimes learn a lot and master a lot, and it has an impact. Everything has an impact. Torah, Torah refines a person, right? But the Pnimius gives it a certain dimension and, and sophistication and, and depth and emotional relevance and psychological relevance, especially in our generation where people are struggling with identity so much that you can often take a miss. You're right, you can take a miss. What's the greatest exercise to do in order to, to engage in, 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 in Bitla Yesh <laughs> You don't have try to send everybody into a yirid. <laughs> if there's a yirid, you have to come make it an aliyah. But <laughs> he's saying preventive medicine. But after you're writing crank to develop an immune system, yeah? Although vaccinations believe in that. <laughs> you put in a little bit of the illness. But the question is, he's saying, how do you prevent it? It's not a mistake, but if you're putting your child into a system and you know that he's he may experience this you want to be very careful because yeah he may come out much stronger he also may come out ruined <laughs> that's what he's saying yeah the frag is good you're asking a good question this class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net please help us continue the classes make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.